0: Hello and welcome to episode fifty-four of Fergo on the Freak. I'm the bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew RP. And joining me is Rugby League expert League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How's things, mate?
1: Pretty good. Um just been experting in the rugby league field. You know how it is. You're another expert. I mean, you just every day you wake up, you're an expert, you eat breakfast, you're an expert. You have lunch, you're an expert. It's just, that's how it is.
0: Expert in my sleep. Yeah, yeah. Even experting when I'm on the toilet. I come up with great expert ideas and think, oh, I've got to do stats on that. Oh, um, really? It just doesn't stop. The experting just continues nonstop.
1: See, I leave all of the rugby league thinking while on the toilet to people like Matthew Elliott. <laughs> well, you know, he's, he's he's a different type of expert. He came up with heaps of our game
0: plans while he was on the toilet, I swear. I think it was more the contemplation of it when he was looking at his remains afterwards. <laughs> oh, jeez. This going...
1: went downhill so quickly. <laughs>
0: Just turn around, have a quick look and go. Yeah. Yeah, that. Let's do that. Flush.
1: And <laughs> a kick, yeah.
0: Hey, this team's still doing it today. He's a revolutionary. He really is. <laughs> You know, what would
1: uh what would Brad Arthur be doing if it wasn't for Matt Arthur? Matt Elliott, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> like how I mean Brad Arthur. Jeez. His record's just getting worse and worse. That's the weird thing. Like I know they'll won on the weekend, but he, he's his winning percentage goes down every single year he coaches. It's terrible. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah.
0: Um which uh we can use that. As a bit of a, uh, a bit of a, a, a dive into what we're going to talk about today, which is a whole heap of stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, apparently Parramatta are poised to grab the signature of Regan
1: Campbell-Gillard. Your thoughts? Yeah. yeah. Um. Look at. He started off the season pretty poorly, and you know it, as. It probably took him about three months to really get going. The last few weeks, I think he's been pretty good, and he's getting better and better as as the season goes on. The thing that worries me about it, and I don't know if it should worry me, it either means that the Panthers feel like they've got someone in the lower grades who they can replace him with pretty easily, or it means that they've got salary cap issues. I feel like it wouldn't be salary cap issues because Maloney's moving on at the end of the year. So maybe they just have the depth in the low grades and they're, they're happy to get out from under his contract. But I can't imagine that he's on a massive contract. What do you reckon?
0: I don't know. Maybe it's just because they think it's, uh,
1: you know, he's four years away from hitting his peak. Won't carry him for all that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get him back in four years' time. Just bring him back. That's what we like to do at Penrith. We let you go away and then we bring you back right at the end of your career. It's fantastic. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, look, I don't know what they're thinking. Let's let's be honest. If they've got a prop forward, they need to get rid of his on big coin. His name is Tamo. And yeah. Tamo's been playing really well of late, but he's overpriced. And they should be they should have moved him on probably about five minutes after they thought about signing him.
1: Yeah, and it's weird. I mean, Campbell Gillard, he's got a long way to go on his contract. Mm. And Penrith, I mean, if Penrith can't carry him for the next number of seasons while he's playing somewhere else. But, yeah, it's it's a weird one. Um, but being a Panthers fan, you kind of get used to players signing contracts and then, you know, not fulfilling them and not through any fault of their own just because the club usually taps them on the shoulder. So it's just part of the cycle. It's a weird one. I, I don't understand why they do it. But, you know, I, I, maybe it's a symptom of them having so many good young juniors that they can do it and get away with it. Do you think they're doing it to free up coin to
0: chase, uh, I think Jai Arrow is on the market, and he wants to move to Sydney? Uh,
1: Look, it's been rumoured that that Maloney was on like about 700,000. Yeah, at least. I wonder, and look, this is wishful thinking more than anything. I wonder if they're trying to build up a bit of a war chest for when someone like Ponga comes onto the market to throw a ridiculous amount of money at him. It's probably unlikely because with their junior base, they don't really have to do something like that. But who who knows with Penrith? I mean, they might sign Arrow for next season, and this time next year, they're telling him to go and find a new club. Like, that's how it works at Penrith. It's very strange. Could they, then, be chasing Semi Radradra? You know what? I thought about that. The papers were saying that Radradra wanted about a million bucks a year. And no winger is worth that. They're just not. But if you've got the money to spend, and, I mean, Penrith, they're lucky that they bring in these youngsters. I mean, there's got to be a handful of youngsters in their team that are still on their base contracts if you've got the money to spend and you feel like you can maybe burn a season while the eels maybe clear out some cap space for the following year or something, why not spend the money? You know Why not hand it to somebody that might be able to you know ignite something in your club and you might end up being able to hold on to him? You never know, but um, i I would kind of like the panthers to splash out on someone like that, like a su- a proper superstar. But I would probably my target would be Ponga. My target, if I was the Panthers, I would clear the decks for him. But I would only do it if he gave some sort of indication that he wanted to come to the foot of the mountains and play outside of Cleary. Because I mean, him and Cleary would be just absolutely ridiculous as a halves pairing. Even if you put Ponga at the back, but listen to me, I'm like doing fantasy football stuff here. It's that's a you know that's what I dream about at night. <laughs>
0: I'll put another idea to you then. Yeah. Could they be going after Moses and by? Please? I. Well, <laughs>
1: look. I don't think they can clear that much space. <laughs> <laughs> They're only rid of an touché. origin half, you know. Touche, touche. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Yes, because there was talk that Rodraja was coming back, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, but, I mean, they, they said that he wanted to go back to the Eels and that he wanted to be on a million bucks a year. But as the Eels pointed out, I mean, they've got Ferguson, who apparently is on about half a million bucks, and he's hey. one of the top wingers. I would feel like he's probably on a bit more than half he'd, a million. per. He'd be on more than that. He'd yeah. be on much more than that. Um, but the other like, thing they've got like... is Sevo. But on the other wing, who, who's who got to be on just about nothing and is absolutely, I mean, he's a monster Fijian winger as well. So yeah. I don't know that you can justify spending a million bucks to bring like right back. I'd know what the uh, Parramatta cap situation's like. like yeah. How much
0: have they got tying up in, in Gutherson, Moses and Ferguson? Just those three alone. must be close to three mil. It'd be a whack, yeah. It's... um. They'll be
1: throwing you know, another middle
0: that, at another winger. Jesus
1: Christ. If they're all producing youngsters like Penrith does, you might be able to look at something like that and say, well, you know, they, they're going to rotate the rest of their squad through these young players they bring in, but Parramatta's not like Penrith in that sense, you know? And they tend to be spending all their monies, money re-signing all of these players that are just not that good. Yeah. Um, one player they didn't re-sign was
0: Bevan French. He's, uh mm. chose to go to Wigan alongside George Burgess.
1: Yeah, two pretty good signings for Wigan, hey? I mean, um, Burgess will be a, a very good forward over there. And French is a, I mean, he's a try scorer. He can sniff out a try. And those sorts of players are pretty rare, so I think that he's going to be a really good signing. I would have him in the centres. We talked a little bit about this during our our live broadcast on um, during the Challenge Cup semi finals on the weekend. But yeah, I, I would play him in the centres and see how we went there because if he finds his feet over there, he could absolutely tear Super League apart.
0: I reckon he'd be he'd, he'd make a pretty good fullback over there because um, yeah. Yeah, I just think that all that speed he's got, I'd like to see him roving around the middle of the field. Uh he's gonna be the fastest player over there, without a doubt. And Definitely. he's gonna be for any any Wigan fans who might be listening, um he's he's a similar sort of mould as Ben Barber. Not the same level of quality, but similar mould to player, very fast, can chime in, in the back line, doesn't have a great passing game yet like um like Barber had. Um yeah, definitely becomes a good link player in the back line, and god damn, he's quick.
1: Yeah, and he can make something out of nothing with his speed, mm. and um, I'm actually surprised that no other uh, NRL clubs wanted him, to be honest. I don't know whether his contract was a bit weird or he was on too much money or something, but I, I really did think that not only that he would end up back in the yield side, but I thought that other NRL clubs would be chasing him. It's kind of a weird thing.
0: Yeah, I thought the Tigers would get him. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: I lie. I, I don't
1: know. He's, he's a bit too good. <laughs> <laughs> um, a
0: lot of uh, Super League talking here. James Maloney is going to the Catalan Dragons next year.
1: That's yeah, a pretty a
0: damn sign. good signing, that is, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, I always say, like... These quality NRL players, they should just go to the south of France, play for the Dragons. It's a nice lifestyle. It's a pretty good club. Um, there's a lot of former NRL players at the club. They, they're they a pretty good club in their own right. So I think it's a perfect place for him. And um, as a Panthers fan, I'm sad to see him go. I think he had a couple more years in the NRL in him. I mean, he's a he's a state of origin player. And he's, player. A, he's a proven winner, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at at the same time, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of happy for him as well, to be honest. Do you reckon his partnership with Sam Tompkins is going to be the best of his career? Well, you know, to play alongside Tompkins is going to be, it's an, it's another step up for Maloney. I mean, it's like (laughs) all of the great plays he's played alongside Tompkins has got to be in the top three or four hundred he's definitely gonna be one
0: of them. You know, it's you know, it's surprising is Topkins never won the golden boot.
1: That, I tell you what, they tried. There was a push there for a while where they were trying. Um but they just did couldn't get him over the line, unfortunately. Yeah, there was
0: all those Melbourne Stuart players in there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Now uh the last bit to do with the uh the Super League is uh current St Helens coach, Justin Holbrook. Is set to be named as the new Gold Coast Titans coach.
1: Yeah. I look when this was first tossed up, I I absolutely rubbished it. <laughs> I said, Whoa. there's no there's no way it's gonna happen. There's no way NRL clubs would be looking at him. He should stay in St Helens. And I was completely wrong.
0: We both said it. Yeah. Um and I'd received a fair bit of um, mail suggesting he was going to go to the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know why the Bulldogs wanted to get rid of Dean Pay, but that was the word going around. He was going to Sydney, not to Gold Coast. Um, mm-hmm. And you were saying before that uh, it looks to be an incentive-based contract.
1: Yeah, I was reading on the NRL website, it's kind of weird that it comes out in the NRL website, that they didn't want to offer him a three-year deal that it would be, a, I guess, a year-by-year deal, which to me is just a disaster for Holbrook. You know, it it just shows that the club doesn't see him as a long-term coach, and they might see him as a stopgap measure between, you know, the coach that they really maybe want and him. It just is, I don't know why he would leave St. Helens. He could coach at St. Helens for the next 10 years and win, like, conservatively six Super League titles at a canter. I don't know why he'd leave St. Helens for the situation on the Gold Coast. I also read that the possible assistant coaches that he was going to take to the Gold Coast with him were David Ferner and Tony mm. Iroh. Oh, and it boy. just seems it sounds like the B-team of coaching lineups, you know. It just doesn't See, sound good.
0: I've got, a, I've got a bit of an idea I'm going to throw it to you here. Do you think... Trent Barrett could have coached St Helens this year and given them the same amount of success as they've had, or a similar level?
1: Wow, well, that's a really good question. I I think going by what we've seen at Manly, with that Des Hasler, whose coaching career was over, and he, he took over from Barrett, he maybe had less of a side than Barrett, and the turnaround has been a complete 180 from where Barrett had them. I, I tend to think that Trent Barrett might have absolutely no coaching ability whatsoever. Like, yeah. he might be he might be worse than Matthew Elliott. And for me to say that, that's something. That's
0: pretty harsh, Because I was going to make the point that I think the St. Helens side that's over there at the moment is streets ahead of the competition that you could have put any person in there to coach them and they'd still be at the top of the ladder this year. And my reason for saying that is, is Justin Holbrook a good coach, or is he just a bloke who got lucky with a good squad?
1: Well, they had Kieran Cunningham in there, and he was terrible. I mean, under under Cunningham, they were terrible. And the fans, I mean, the St. Helens fans absolutely love KC. He's their favourite, you know, player with a solid, you know, E-cup. But... (laughs) (laughs) happy sorry
0: <laughs> <laughs> i know and i was i was waiting for i still couldn't prepare myself to stop laughing uh
1: but so i i don't think anybody could coach them but it's weird i feel like at st helen's there are certain sorts of coaches that they like to get in there and i mean i i feel as though the no-nonsense coaches the the straight-talking coaches they really seem to respond to them a little bit. Um, if you look back through their history, those sorts of coaches, they tend to tend to do really well under. So I don't know that anybody could coach St. Helens to... I mean, I think any anybody. I think a, a broom in a bucket of sand could coach them to the finals. But to get that extra little last bit out of them, I, I don't know that just anyone could coach them. Um,
0: well, yeah, that's that's kind of my point. So I'm wondering if... Gold coaches think that they've signed, you know, they may have may have convinced themselves they've signed an absolute world-class coach mm-hmm. when they may have just signed a coach who was just in a good club and it's made the the team's made him look better than he is. We don't really know what he's like as a coach yet because that was his first season, wasn't it, or second season? Second
1: season. I think, I think it's his second, yeah. Well, I mean, how many coaches in the Super League era in, in England, how many coaches have we seen come back and be any good, like Robinson has been um McGuire was, but that was always him going over for a season or two and coming straight back, like that was a bit of a different situation. It wasn't like he went over there to to get his first coaching job. he kind of went over there to kill time until he got the job he wanted, but outside of Robinson, I can't really think of another coach that legitimately went to Super League to to get their first coaching gig and was even half decent can you Roy Simmons Royce, he was a former Panthers coach man
0: yeah, but mean, he, came, he came back after being at Saints he came back to the West Tigers no he went sorry he went back to Penrith to their um what was it marketing team Brent market. marketing yeah. Uh, yeah but he was wasn't he coaching in uh in England just before he came to Penrith in the he 90s might
1: have, he he you know what i think you might be right he might have coached someone weird like witness or something that if i'm sure will be on rugby league project because everything is on rugby you, league project
0: you were gonna, you're going you're going to kick yourself mate
1: yeah he coached Hull oh, c yeah there you go <laughs> 9293 ah uh, there you go that was pre uh Gates Hull, Thundershark stays. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a weird era for the club.
0: There, he, he won 37% of games there. And then came yep. to Penrith and won 42% of games at Penrith. Then went to St. Helens and won 58% of his games there. He just got better every time he moved around.
1: Why haven't Penrith yeah, and,
0: made him coach now?
1: Well, I tell, you know what? I'll tell you what. <laughs> when he was coaching that Panthers side, he had to coach some bludgers. Like, he coached some oh, yeah. reserve graders, man. They were terrible. Um, and unfortunately, when he left, the club, it was just as the club brought through, like, this ridiculous number of top class juniors and he kind of missed out on them. But yeah, Roycey Simmons, love him. Remember when, when he was on Twitter? How good <laughs> he was when he was on Twitter? That was fantastic.
0: The best Twitter account there ever was.
1: Yeah, it really was, definitely. Like I miss him on Twitter. I wish he'd come back to Twitter.
0: Yeah, he was phenomenal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Best.
0: Absolutely. Um what else do we have on here newswise? Let's see. Um Robbie Farrer. Word, yeah. word on word on the NR website. Is he set to announce his retirement tomorrow? Um, I think the the story comes from the fact that the West Tigers have issued a um media conference tomorrow and Robbie mm-hmm. Farrell will be in attendance and I think the media yeah. just thought oh well, that means he's going to retire so I think it'd be funny if he came out
1: and he just said um, just want to come out and say good day to you, or... yeah or if he was like <laughs> imagine if you come out and he re-signed for like three more seasons or something weird it'd <laughs> be hilarious or well, he came and says,
0: um, actually he is going to retire he's going to become their media manager he, he could become
1: a, the CEO. Well, that would be a great idea.
0: <laughs> Actually, he could make his shoe the CEO. The club yeah. would be headed in the right direction.
1: Yeah, that would be that would be a step up, eh? Um, I think so. Tell you what, it, it, the the two things that jump out at me with this, first of all, like it puts it puts the the um, tigers in a bad situation in terms of the hooking role. And it, it seems to have come out the blue. And I wonder why it's come out the blue, because every indication was he was going to play next year. I've said before, I think this is his best season. It's, you know, if he does retire, it's not because he's not playing really good football. Um, what do you think about this? You're a Tigers fan. What what are your feelings on this?
0: Um, well, you know, I was, I was always somewhat expecting him to retire at the end of the year, but... Yeah. Um, I think some of the comments he'd made earlier in the year was that he was going to determine whether he'd play on or not based on what Benji wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So it was like they were just going to go hand-in-hand into the sunset, really. Um, And Benji looked like the one more likely to retire at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. However, as the season's gone on, Benji's looked pretty decent, and he had had his last two games, he's actually brought out the step that we haven't seen him do for several years. He's mm-hmm. wanting back the clock really well. Um, Farrah hasn't looked too bad. The only thing Farrah's got against him is he's got a long history of back issues. And I wonder yeah. if they're starting to catch up on him because... Um, yeah. They, they would not be easy to deal with, especially as you start to get older as well. Um, because he's made this decision before Benji's made a decision. Um, yeah. The problem the Tigers yeah. have got with it too is... His replacement is, is Jacob Little, who, you know, we've said it before, has bootloads of potential, but he can't do He just keeps failing to do the 1% percenters correctly. And he's not ready to be an 80-minute hooker yet, not even close to ready. And I don't know if the Tigers have got any other options at the club. And given that Farrah's on a pretty small contract, they're not exactly going to exactly have a ton of money to go to the market and find a, an adequate replacement either.
1: Yeah, and with Little, I mean, and I've said this before, you can wait for somebody to kind of get it. You can wait for them to improve and something. But at some point, you are who you are as a player, and that worries me about him. Um, it, it's Look, if Benji does decide to retire as well, and they're already trying to move off Reynolds, um, it could be a really tough year next year for the Tigers. And... You know, there's there's not a huge amount. You take Farrah and Benji out of that side. There's not a huge amount that you can look up as an at, at as an upside for the club.
0: No, they're very short on strike with those with those two gone. And the problem mm. they've got too is they've got a whole heap of money tied up in players who aren't in first grade. You got mm. Chris McQueen, Ben Madalino, um, Russell Packer. Uh, you know. Um, Josh Reynolds They're all either injured or playing reserve grade And then you've got Moses on buy-on Reportedly close to a million dollars a year That's a ton of money That's not doing anything in the NRL Um, And that's money that could be used To get yourself a starting Fullback, a starting 5'8", and a starting Hooker Which is something they desperately need Uh, So I don't know, they've got to find a way Through that, because otherwise They're not going to have the cap space to buy anyone of, of note to fill in the most vital spots on the field.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Thinking about all of that, and if they manage to clear all of those players out, and that would be incredible if they could. If you if they can clear out, I mean, I think they're stuck with them By I can't imagine that anyone else is going to pick up his salary. But if they can clear out all of those other players, and they lose Marshall and they lose Farah, that is going to be a massive amount of money that they can at least spend to bolster the team. At that point, I sit down with with McGuire and I say, "Look, we'd like to extend your contract another two seasons. Like this is a long job, and we want you to know that you've got absolute job security um, because he's the man to to get the club back to where they need to be. But he needs to be given all of the time that he needs, and he needs to he needs to not be worrying about his job whatsoever because that's right." Either way, they're gonna not going to have a great season next year anyway, even if uh, Benji stays on. It's not going to be a great year anyway. And Maguire needs to be coaching that club for like five, six, maybe even seven years from now um, because they need somebody to put that club back together. And somebody that's going to be there for longer than, you know, 18 months would just be nice.
0: Yeah. It would be nice, and being able to have a coach there. I mean, they kind of come full circle. They're back to about two thousand and four again when they first mm-hmm. signed Tim Sheens. That's mm-hmm. kind of where they're at. But the situation's worse. Yeah, it's ridiculous that they've gone this whole cycle and achieved what three finals appearances and one fluky premiership. That's that's just pitiful. So yeah, yeah they need to they need to stick with McGuire and give him everything they can. They also need to stop rehiring former employees i don't care what job they had didn't work yeah. in the past don't bring them back because it's not going to work again you know
1: what results you're going to get stop doing it yeah try something different exactly you know you can't you can't hire all the same people and wonder why you keep getting the same results exactly <laughs> that's why we're yeah. experts i that is exactly why we're
0: experts now <laughs> I've got a, I've got a story here which has come out of the uh, Daily Telegraph. Yes, and it's not it's not smutty, smeary horseshit. It's actually All interesting right. news. Oh. Um, the NRL is set to introduce Hawkeye technology as soon as next year to help the bunker determine offside play. However, it is also hoped that it could be used to adjudicate on whether a ball was passed backwards or not as well in time for the 2021 season.
1: I feel like this is overdue. And I don't know that Hawkeye, look, I feel like Hawkeye is probably some, uh, you know, intellectual property of Channel 9 or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've always wondered why they can't use some sort of uh, computer algorithm that they can put over the top of the, and look, it's a similar sort of thing, I guess, but more along the lines of, you know, instead of it being a a prediction of the ball's trajectory or, or um, you know, seeing the path that the ball took, just having a look at the speed of the ball as it was going, as as the player was running it forward because there's that forward momentum and seeing if there was any acceleration forward on the ball when the ball is passed rather than the ball going back, I think it's a good idea. But I also, part of me feels as though it, uh it could be a problem. I tend to, I don't mind when referees make mistakes. I don't mind when there's mistakes. I feel as though for the most part, and Warriors fans will be really pissed off about that. It, when I say this is that I think that most mistakes even out over the course of a year.
0: So they definitely and
1: do. Yeah. I, I feel as though they do.
0: And it and may s- not be over the course of year. You might end up with one year where you seem to get dotted all the time, but it's only yeah. going to be a year or two later and you, all the calls go your way. Everything, yeah. everything works around, you know, swings and roundabouts, it all works out in the end. Um, yeah. My problem with the bunker, and it's the only grief I have with it, is the only thing it can adjudica- adjudicate on is forward passes. Like, it's the mm-hmm. only thing to sacrosanct. Everything else, they can make comment on. But for some reason, forward passes is not allowed. And it's, it just baffles me that you can get, you can use technology to try and improve results. But you have actually also have to force that technology to accept a mistake. That just seems stupid to me.
1: Yeah, I, I get that. So the I'd just say, I...
0: if, if the bunker finds a forward pass, and it's a clear forward pass that the ref has missed, they're referees, they're humans, they're going to miss them, then why not let the bunker adjudicate on it? That's all. And that, yeah. would, that would probably save a lot of this drama we've got going on anyway. Um, Hawkeye for offside, I don't even know if that's necessary because... I don't think there's been any issue with the current bunker system of determining whether the players are offside or not. I think they've been doing a bloody good job when it comes to offside. So do I.
1: I mean, they catch one sometimes that I know I don't see in, in real time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I there's things I see the referees picking up which it shocks me that they have such a game awareness, you know, the things that they're watching for and the things that they pick up, I think is absolutely incredible. And I don't think gets enough praise from people. Um, I I worry that we're going to be using the technology too much. I would much rather just take, scale it right, right back. And you live with the mistakes and your team is either good enough to overcome those mistakes or it's not. Yeah. People won't accept that though. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true you're 100 percent correct but I, I worry that like you know how many more times are we going to go to the video ref now that they're going to be looking at forward passes and how many forward passes back do you go do you have to line up three passes in one one play in one movement and you know um, from, then look for the offsides yeah. and stuff it's just i don't i don't like it if need be i'd probably say yeah from
0: the play of the ball if they need to but um you know, the problem they've got is they need to just... When they need to use the bunker, the referee should just, you know, ask the bunker to have a look and just shut up and say nothing. Yeah. And if the bunker can't determine whether it's a try or not, go back to the ref and say, you tell me what you think, and, you know, you make the decision. That way the ref still has the power. He still has the authority. He's got the final say if the bunker can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a fair system. That's the first system. I've always liked it. It always made sense. The current system is just stupid because... You could have two identical tries scored, and the referee could send one up no try and the other one up try, and the bunker is going to agree on both occasions, and that's yeah. just stupid. That's not that's not sensible. Oh, we can't that's see, it. so we're going to have to say it's a try. We can't see, we have to say it's no try, and agree with you. And just let the bunker look at it, and if they can't determine, then give it back to the referee. If he wants to call it try or no try, then it's fair enough, go from there. I know it's a pedantic argument, mm-hmm. but it adds a bias to the bunker and what they've got to do, which is stupid. The bunker should be free of any commentary. Just, yeah. you know, if you need us to help, then so be it. We'll go and have look, if we can't find out, then we'll send it to you and you to, you tell us what it is.
1: Simple. Yeah. I, I get that. I, I mean, look, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm feel as though I'm, I come at it from a different tact than most people. I would scale it right back. The only time I would use the bunker is if there was a grounding issue, I think, out and maybe knock-ons, that sort of stuff. Outside of that, I I wouldn't allow the bunker to be used. But I, I, I'm from a completely different angle than most people. I can completely understand where somebody would say, look, we've got the technology, let's just look at everything, every single try. I, I can see that point of view as well, but I'm just at the opposite end of the scale, I guess. No, look, I'm, I am completely with you. I, if I had my own way, I wouldn't even have the bunker.
0: And it's not because I don't mm-hmm. like it, but because I just figure people have got to learn to accept the referee's decision. And that's yeah. more my angle where I come from. But mm-hmm. the problem I'm going to have is if you don't have it there or if it's not being used as much as possible. I mean, look, essentially you're fucked either way with the bunker, okay? If you, yeah. if you use it and it gets used to its full capacity to get, you know, and it's used to get 99% of the um decisions correct but it takes two minutes to get that, to that decision people will whinge it'll take too long mm-hmm. so if they cut corners so each decision can has to be made within 30 seconds but it means only 50 percent are right people will then whinge it they don't get it right often enough you're not going to please everyone with, yeah. everyone bitches about it all the time because yeah, essentially that's what they're trained to do by the media is just to bitch about everything find something that you can never be satisfied on and whinge either way
1: Yeah, and I feel as though over the last month the media has needed a a new story and so they've been pushing on the referees a little bit. And I think that, you know, at the start of the year, and we've talked about this before, the NRO was really solid. They, They got behind the referees. They backed their judgment. And I think that that's crumbled a little bit in the last couple of weeks. And I think that we've started to see the effect that it has on referees as well. Because as soon as the, their bosses start second-guessing their judgment, the referees are going to second-guess their own judgment. It's just natural. And the thing about the bunker, too, is that people call it technology. Oh, the technology, we need the technology. The technology is only as good as the people that are using it, you know? Exactly. And hu- humans make mistakes. The f- players make mistakes every single game. They miss tackles. They knock on. They do forward passes. They They're the reason why... We need to go back and look at all of this stuff. And I just don't like it when, you know, a team can miss a bunch of tackles and they can knock the ball on and they can make stupid decisions, but then they blame their losses on, you know, a forward pass that was missed. That shit pisses me right off because there are some really crappy teams that they whinge about the referees over and over again or they whinge about the best teams in the competition, get the rub of the green. It's like if you're good enough, you overcome everything. You overcome the conditions. You overcome the opposition. You overcome opposition coaching. You overcome your own injuries. You overcome your own shortcomings in different areas. And you win the game anyway. And I think that all of this focus on referees, that's what losers do.
0: Exactly. Because if you can't accept the fact that you weren't good enough on the day, and you've got to go and blame someone else for your own misery and your own shortcomings, you're a failure as a human. 100%. Own up, own up to your faults and accept them and move on. Stop trying to find someone to blame all the time. Be yeah. adults for fuck's sake. Yeah.
1: Apart <laughs> from on the weekend, because the referees fucked us against Canberra. Yeah. <laughs> Just absolutely robbed us of victory. Again. Um... <laughs> I had to. You had to. It was perfectly
0: set up for it. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna have a look at some uh, at this article that comes up every week on the uh, Daily Telegraph.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's the Saints, Sinners, and Shush. Okay. The Saint, the Saint, has never anything to do with drug beliefs, so we'll ignore that. It's something about cycling or some shit. And yep. the Sinner is something about
1: swimming. Who cares? Yeah. Um, it's nice that uh, two two sports full of drug users are the Saints and the Sinners. But anyway, let's. move Yeah. Um,
0: and then comes the real journalism Where they talk A little bit about a story but they don't reveal The whole thing Yeah. So what's the point but anyway um, Number one The controversial suspension of Viliami Kikau The world's greatest second role Has been dubbed the last straw by fed up clubs Who are banding together to demand a particular NRL administrator be removed from his role They won't say who mm-hmm. So what's the point why, yeah, why, why do they lack the balls to say their name? I know, aye. Um, so, I mean, we're led to believe that one NRL administrator is the one who's determining what what acts deserve suspensions and what don't. Is that what they're trying to say here?
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, you know, I I, I see where there was inconsistency, but you know. What are we going to do? We're going to sack everyone every time somebody makes a mistake. Like, I don't agree with some of the decisions that have been made. I, I really believe that it all comes back to as soon as the administration starts to get wobbly knees every time the media puts a little pressure on them, it, it all starts to cascade down the line. I yeah. tend to think that's what it is. Essentially.
0: I mean, let's be honest. Okay. They got the kick-out suspension wrong. Yep. They got the, the on field refs. They got the sin bidding of Ponga wrong. Yep. Um, that, that should have just been a penalty and move yeah. on. Not a penalty try, yep. just a penalty. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, we're talking about two or three mistakes. I mean, they're humans for fuck's sake. Mm. Um, number two, poorly worded sentence. So, see if you can figure it out. Officials in the English Super League, remember, officials. Okay. Yeah in the English Super League are openly discussing how one UK player on the verge of joining the NRL would prove to be a complete flop. Why would oh, officials that's... be
1: discussing that? Yeah, like, what? why would you even print that? That's just tossing it up. <laughs> it's yeah. like some some guy said another guy wasn't going to go well. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah. What happens if that player goes Great. Yeah. What was the who's point of the that? Official? Is there any official in Super League? Even just one. One single official in Super League. That Get you... back to us. Yeah. Just... Is there anyone there? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody, Huh? <hunt? laughs> but is there uh, a single one of them that you would take advice from? I don't know. who Who's there? Um, I'm pretty sure I saw Mr. T at a press conference. He had his... <laughs> bling stuff like that i thought principal skinner was there yep
0: um mayor quimby because i remember seeing the the jewelry i think that's who you were referring to
1: <laughs> i think mr t had a bit more integrity <laughs> yeah i think he did I eh? <laughs> he he actually pitied the fool he oh, I did.
0: before saying he was not going to get on a plane mm.
1: yeah that's pretty much and all it, the gags th- we could you do. know what That that, A-League, sorry, A-League, that A-Team remake, have you ever seen it? No. It's it's pretty good. I really (laughs) enjoyed it. Yeah, I
0: wasn't going there. (laughs) (laughs) Which New South Wales origin player is close to
1: being dropped from the NRL due to his form? Cody Walker? Well, you know what, he must have been close, but he actually turned up last weekend, which was really nice to see. Like he looked like himself again. Um, Who do you reckon it would be? Trying to think. No one stands out for me, hey? Um,
0: See if we can find out who it is. We'll go through the list. Yeah. Uh Josh Adokar. No. No. Nathan Nathan Cleary. No. Damian Cook. No. no. Cordner. No. No. Um, Potrick.
1: Well, he's injured.
0: Yeah. Angus Crichton, mm. he might be close.
1: Yeah, maybe. Uh,
0: Blake Ferguson?
1: No, nah, injured.
0: Dale Finnegan? No, nah, he's always nah. solid. Tyson Frizzell? No, nah, legend. Nah. Wade Graham? Injured. Payne Hass Been playing like nah. a beast the last few weeks. Yeah. Clemmer? No. Nah. Maloney? No chance. Latrell Mitchell? nah, definitely not. Josh Morris, he's been looking pretty good too. Yeah, he's playing well. Cameron Murray? No. Mitchell Pierce, No. Daniel Saifidi?
1: Mm.
0: I deserve to be on the bench his whole career anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Harsh. Tarek Sims? Definitely not. Tedesco? No. The Travojeviches? No. Paul Vaughan? No, and Cody Walker and Jack Whiten. No, so Angus Corrigan it is then. Yep, poor Angus. Well, there you go. We answered that problem for you, people.
1: Yeah, we we get to the bottom of this stuff.
0: Yeah, we don't we don't sit there and piss fart around.
1: Uh, we name names. Oh, yeah. Well, I I try to name names. So I normally forget them all. <laughs> <laughs> the intent is there. That's the main. Thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I try.
1: Yeah. There's also got some spotted.
0: Yeah. Out and about spotted.
1: These um, are always the best ones.
0: Yeah, so here we go. See if you can make up something really interesting about these ones. Jarrett Hayne taking selfies with any kid who asked at Club Your Minor on week on Wednesday night. Oh,
1: isn't he just you know what? <sighs> He's a redemption story just waiting to happen. Really? <laughs> I was wondering if he was yeah. doing this just because he was fishing for milfs.
0: Possibly. Lunch. Um, <laughs> football CEO and keen surfer David Gallup looking stoked, in quotation marks, while sharing green room, quotation marks, stories with surfing used our CEO Luke Madden at the One Year to Tokyo 2020 Olympics launch at the Qantas head office on Wednesday.
1: Wow, that's that's really detailed. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's there's a lot of detail in that one. I'm pretty impressed by that one. They heard three words. Yeah, that's more than spotted.
0: Okay, Roosters superstar Latrell Mitchell deep in conversation with his agent Wade Rushton at New Heights Cafe in Erina on Tuesday.
1: Omg, you know what that means, don't you? Oh. That means that, That's all I've got. Um,
0: the Roosters yeah. moving to the Central Coast.
1: Yeah, Roosters moving to the Central Coast. Luttrell's going to South Sydney. And the grand final is moving to Suncorp Stadium because yeah. uh, it's not going to be open.
0: There we go. Manly prop Lloyd Perrott meeting a rival Sydney club in need of some extra starch
1: on Monday. You know, I was just wondering today... What was Lloyd Parrott up to? He was he was getting starchy.
0: Mm. I'm, I'm wondering if he had a couple of bags of potatoes on him. Possibly.
1: Mm. Maybe he was ironing shirts. Yeah. Wow. For Either job way, or something. A, that's a blockbuster, that one. Yeah, that is. I thought the yeah. David Gallop on was good. That's pretty good, too. Wow. I've got one. Knock your socks off.
0: Okay, I'm ready. New South Wales' advisor, Greg Alexander, swinging golf clubs for the first time in 10 months at Monash Country Club on Thursday. Brandy had a round with Manly's Trebojevich brothers, Tom and Jake, Roosters pair, Victor Radley and James Sadesco, and Fox Sports duo, Steve Menzies and Brayton Astor. Well,
1: that's pretty obvious. Yeah, that's pretty obvious that, uh, you know, Panthers clearing the decks, bring on the Trebojeviches. You know Tedesco, Bradley. Yeah, Radley. Bring Men's in, Men's in a Nasta. as a coaching Nasta. <laughs> consultant. It'll be great. And Nasta
0: will be in charge of buying the uh, the Gatorade. He you know to what? Maybe that, they're gonna drama. just
1: it, they're gonna employ him as like an MC or something. eh? Hey? that'll be fantastic.
0: I've said it before. I, I don't want I don't want Brayton Ash to sack from the the Fox Sports because he's their he's their comedy talent. <laughs>
1: they,
0: they, just none of them know it, but he's he's all comedy. He's there for laughs.
1: I think he does it on purpose, hey? Uh,
0: he must do. That's I why. I, that's, like, he knows that's what
1: why I don't doing. hate. <laughs> he knows <what> he's
0: doing. <laughs> he, he must do. You can't sound that bad on purpose.
1: No, no, no. I love
0: Brother Nasta. He's the best. He's the best. Um, Aiden Caesar, check out this line. Once yeah. touted as the future New South Wales Origin player, no. who who did that?
1: Uh, <laughs> revoke, his revoke manager
0: their, revoke their accreditation immediately.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a bulldog Richie line. Hey,
0: <laughs> very much so. Once touted as a future New South Wales Origin player, that's never going to get old. Canberra's Aiden Caesar was just days away from being released with a year to run his deal to go and join the UK Super League. You
1: know what, Who's going to sign right Aiden? Caesar? Over there. Who would sign him? Who would who would he be good? I mean, he could. I you know where he'd play well, really, really well. If he went to the Leeds Rhinos, he would tear up the championship. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello to anyone in Leeds. Yeah. And, and goodbye as well. Yeah, good having your see board. See you later. Um, the Raiders have signed highly rated Wigan Warriors half, the Snoz for next year, yeah. which is why Caesar will be free to accept a deal with former Raiders assistant coach Simon Wolford at Huddersfield. Oh, the poor bastard. Another brilliant signing by Huddersfield.
1: Yeah. Wow. I wonder how, yeah. how are they going under Wolford? Um, well, they're still in the top eight. Oh, well, that's you know. something. There's not a huge amount of teams for them to compete with below that, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, and they always had... have to go back home to Huddersfield, so, you know. This is this
0: is what I love about the uh, Super League top eight. Yeah, Huddersfield uh, are eighth on the ladder. They've had nine wins and 14 losses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: That's <laughs> fucked.
0: <laughs> and they are only one win. Ahead of the last place London Broncos. Wow. That's incredible. That's stupid. <laughs> it really is. That's um, super for. It, hey? Southwood is seventh and they've had eleven wins and twelve losses. hmm Yeah. Uh, Catalans are six on the ladder and they have a points differential of minus a hundred and five. Whoa. Uh, let's see a third with minus fifty-two.
1: Yeah, but to be fair. That's all I've got. Yeah, I figured that would be it. Yeah. <laughs> Their coach is pensive
0: too. Oh, mate, intensely pensive. Okay, so they're talking here about um, Christian Welch, talking him up. Yeah. Is After Christian Welch's appearance on NRL Tonight this week, Matt Shervington asked the Melbourne Storm forward off-camera how he wanted to receive his appearance fee. Now, I didn't know that Shervo was the one dishing out the cheques.
1: Yeah, like, what the hell? Is he an accountant as well? He's just a... Uh, no, he's just not. So he's dishing out he's dishing out the money. He goes up to him and says, Listen, how do you want to be paid, Christian? Then, wouldn't that be a bit creepy if Matt yeah. Shervington come up to you? After an appearance, I said, hey, Andrew, anyone being paid?
0: Yeah, immediately I'm worried. Yeah, I would like, be too. Like I was saying, I've seen you sprinting. I know what you're packing <laughs> down there. <laughs> Just keep your money, mate. I'm not doing it. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, if you could send the cheque to the Cancer Council, that would be great, Welch replied. Oh.
1: Now, Isn't that wonderful?
0: I would... I would not be surprised if Welch donated his appearance fee to the Cancer Council. That bit strikes me as being true. Mm -hmm. Matt Shervington, though? Dishing out the cash?
1: Yeah, that seems so strange. Mm, That seems wrong is what that sounds. I mean, I know when we pay our guests and we pay them a substantial amount of money. We just we have our accountants deal with it, you know. We don't even see that money. No, nah. like care. we don't see a cent of that money. No. Nah. no, nah, we don't give a fuck. Nah, yeah, it's like you know what, what, a couple of grand, yeah, whatever. Just take it out of, you know. I think I've got got it in my jacket pocket.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just just don't take the bitcoins.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, Fox Sports head of television, Steve Crawley, said, we all know who Steve Crawley is, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, related to Paul. Yeah. The man who looks like an old woman's handbag. Jesus. We've got a bunch of young men in the game at the moment that don't get the recognition they deserve. And Christian is one of those many who are a credit to their parents and now the game. Given that, you know... Fox Sports has spent an awful lot of time in the last few weeks whinging about refereeing. Yeah. Maybe they could do something to sort of tell these
1: stories. Yeah, I don't be know. It would be good if there was somebody in charge of the coverage at Fox Sports in general. They yeah. could have, I don't know, some sort of influence on that decision.
0: Yeah, because, you know, they have like three, three or four shows every week where they've got a panel of boring people bitching and moaning about everything. Mm. Maybe just drop one of those And maybe talk about these These young kids who are brilliant Humans Just, a, that just would an be, idea
1: Yeah that would be pretty cool I'd like something like that to happen
0: Yeah maybe Maybe if Fox Sports got themselves ahead of television He might be the person Or she if they get a she in there She'd probably be better to be honest Given the
1: track record with he's there <laughs> Ball's in your court, Steve. Go for it, Steve. You've got our backing. And we're Um, a conglomerate here.
0: (laughs) Here's a story that never existed but apparently does now. Mm -hmm. I I love these ones. Cronulla has contacted Josh Reynolds' management to decline any interest in the West Tigers half. What the hell? He was never linked there. Like Cronulla never had an interest in him. But the story is now is that the, the Sharks have now told him that we don't
1: want you despite
0: the fact that they never did.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like the, you know, they're, dealing, they're already dealing with Johnson and what to do with him. Yeah. Oh, man.
0: Um, Rudd had been linked to the Sharks, but they're in no position due to cap restraints. That's why they never approached him. Yeah. So who linked him to the Sharks? Yeah. Some idiot linked him to the Sharks. Um, you can also rule out Penrith As someone interested in Reynolds Because they've not spoken to him either
1: Yeah what, Like <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> There's one thing There's one area Penrith are pretty set for And that's 5-8 You know we've got Maloney We've got the young bloke uh, And I can't remember his name uh, He's playing on the weekend Anyway he plays really well for them When he comes into the game They've got Dane Laurie behind him. Like, they've got a million five eights. We're sweet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's madness. Now, um, this is great, this one. Queensland coaching dominoes. The firming of odds that Kevin Walters will be named Gold Coast Titans coach within days puts a spotlight on South Sydney and Wayne Bennett. Bennett has made no secret of his desire to take over as Queensland coach should Walters stand down to take the Titans gig. That's interesting. In the eyes of the Rabbitohs administration, it would be impossible for the 69-year-old coach to look after South Queensland and England. Yeah. And it's, it's been suggested that Bennett would give up coaching England in order to return to being an origin coach. Bennett's decided that Queensland is more important to rugby league than
1: England. I feel as though the most important thing to Wayne Bennett is always Wayne Bennett cash and yeah. And cash, you know, cash. and so like after Walters, who would you have as the Queensland coach? I don't know. Yeah. Um, neither do
0: I. Does it even matter? Well, I often wonder if coaches at origin level are even even that big that big an a deal, you look at some of the so, coaches that they've had, and they some of their records at, at club level, mm-hmm. and some of them who haven't even had a club coaching career, like um, Laurie Daly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he won an origin series. Just how? <laughs> No, yeah, I don't I, I don't know that an origin coach needs to be anyone brand. I mean, they could probably just make Gordon Tallis
1: their coach. Well, that, that's the thing. I, I think that at that level, and even the Australian level, and with all due respect to Mal Meninga, I don't think anybody puts him on the same level as someone like Craig Bellamy, you know. But I, at the same time, I think when you get someone like a Mal Meninga who can go into that dressing room, everyone knows he's been there and done that, and he... He does a job that you need to do for these players. You're not teaching them how to play football once you've got to that level, you know? You're just giving them some basic tactics and, you know, and I guess trying to get them to get the best out of themselves. And so, yeah, I don't think you need some sort of incredible tactician, but at the same time, like, I mean, I can't think of who would be next to coach Queensland after Walters, and that's the brilliant thing about the position that Walters is in, is that, you know, he's made, himself, he's made himself a commodity that the Titans obviously have been looking at at some level. But at the same time, it means that he isn't 100% needing the Queensland job as well. And he's really made himself in demand in a funny way. And if you look at, I mean, he's lost two straight series now for Queensland, but at the same time, I can't think of anybody that's in a better position to take over Queensland than Kevin Walters.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. He's He said that he's committed to it all along. Mm. Um, so it looks like the Titans have pretty much just said, Oh, if you want to stay there, you can, we'll get someone else. Yeah. Um, So I know I get that he was after security. Like, he didn't want to put in an application for that and turn down the the Queensland gig only for the Titans to knock him down. Then he'd be without a gig. Yeah. I understand the the reason behind that, but sometimes you just got to throw your hat in the ring, mate. Yeah. You'll never get it if you never have a crack.
1: And we've both said, we've both said that that's not the job for Walters. No. Like, that's a bad, that's a bad job for, for, Almost anybody that's out there. I mean, we talked about Jeff Tuvi and and that. It's not a great job for them, even. You know what no. I mean?
0: But that's the thing. So. They need some hard nosed bloke who's been around the bush, you know, been around the block a few times as a coach to get mm. in there and clean that joint up because it needs it needs a broom, a rake, a bloody fire hose, and God knows what else through that joint.
1: Mm.
0: Bleach. <laughs> Because you know someone's been up there with unvaccinated
1: children. Well, you know it's <laughs> it's the Gold Coast. You know you want You'll probably also want a shot of penicillin. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a very strong brush. Yeah, maybe even some kerosene. Maybe. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, I mean that's that's pretty much a wrap of all the big news that's going on there.
1: Oh, excellent. Listen. We've got we've did it got through a lot then. We certainly have. Yeah. Now I know you want to do some shout outs for some podcasts. Yeah. Uh, I saw you mentioning this on Twitter today. And yeah. so go ahead and give all of the shout outs to all of these amazing podcasts that um we were talking about earlier. All right, we've got
0: a baker's dozen. Nice. Uh, obviously we start with a starting block. Ah, oh, how good are they? You've got to get into all people. Um, mm. Next is uh, full credit to the boys. Uh, you know, I'm on there every week doing doing some stats. Last week I did one where I fucked up and got the wrong, wrong team. But, you know, that's me. <laughs> um, sports rest friends with uh, Big T. Uh, massive Tigers won pretty much. So that's Big T. Big T. He's a legend. Absolute sweetheart of a human, actually, to be honest. Yeah. Um, dead in goal with... Uh, James Smith interviewing a lot of past players and that's with the inside sport magazine. Uh, he's a brilliant uh, interviewer too. He just sort of puts a question out there. That's very open-ended and just lets them talk. Yeah. Just gets the interview, uh,
1: brilliant stuff. And he's Um, part of the Penrith mafia. There's a lot of us out there. We're running shit. Massive ref basher too. Oh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you'll like that one. Um, the legal counsel, I think it's two two Kiwi blokes. One in one's usually overseas, and one's in Melbourne, I think, or something like that. But um, all right, um, yeah, they're pretty good.
1: Uh, I don't think I've heard of the, I haven't heard of their podcast before, and that's not to say that it's not good or anything, but I just haven't heard of that one before. I'll have to give that one a listen.
0: Yeah, I listen to all of these, and that's that's not just me talking shit. And no, I've got like a ton of buddy podcasts. I, yeah. I work till three in the morning or something, pretty much every single night. So, I just listen to tons and tons of podcasts all the time. Woody and Slugs, yep, uh, Love they're them. very good. Bit of bit of betting talk as well. So, if you're a bit of a punner, go and check out Woody and Slugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, League Digest, fantastic. Wow. They they yeah. are number one history podcast on on the game in Australia. Um, oh, yeah, I know. Big call. We do, yeah. we do we do we do brand history stuff, but we mix it up a bit. There's is just 100 yeah. percent history the whole time, mm-hmm. so that gets them over the line. Um, I've been a guest on there. Their, their worst performing episode, I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Rugby Reloaded with Tony Collins. That is the peak history podcast, and they're little little ten to twelve minute episodes, so um, you can learn about everything, every. Really detailed minutiae of the game
1: of Rugby League and all the way back to its roots. Um, and can and I just in, say, with it's... Tony Collins, I remember years and years and years and years ago, uh, I got in contact with him for some information, and I can't even remember what it was about, but it was very hard to find on the internet at the time, whatever it was. And he was so super helpful and, and yeah, just a wonderful person. And I... You know, go and listen to his podcast because there are people that deserve, uh, support and he's definitely one of them. He does some great stuff. Phenomenal, um, unbelievable brain. Um, Mm. and found out in my interview
0: that I had with him on there that, um, we both had exactly the same workplace injury for historians and it came from using the microfiche. Yeah. So he's got this thing, it's called a ganglion on his wrist. It's like a hard buildup of calcium in the joints in the back of your wrist, back of your hand. And he got it from using the um, the microfiche at, at uh, libraries. And oh, when we were doing the when I did the interview with him, it was face to face video. So I was able to show to him that I had one as well on my on the back of my hand from exactly the same thing. Wow. So you can hear us have that conversation on there. He, he found that quite amazing. <laughs> there you go. Workplace injuries as being a historian. That's what I do for you people. <laughs> <laughs> um, the voluntary tackle. Oh yeah Funny bastards Uh Chasing kangaroos Talking mostly about International rugby league Uh Rugby league in America That's a A a guy there in America Who talks pretty much How the game's progressing Over there Um Mm -hmm. Doing pretty well The Howlin' Hour Which is about the uh, Toronto Wolves Yeah, And Last but not least The NRL CEO podcast Huge fan of Of us And we're huge fans Of everything he's done Um Been a big supporter Of both of us Over the years too
1: So um Definitely check him out if you're into fantasy rugby league. Yeah, and part of the uh, rugby league rugby league podcasting network dot com. So that's another bonus. Absolutely. Yeah, I
0: also made a tweet today,
1: mm-hmm. and I I
0: I made this tweet. When was it? Half past one. Many hours ago. Ten hours yeah. ago. Yep. And said, We'll record an episode of Ferg on the Freak in a few hours' time. Got a question about anything? Ask us. Want a shout out? Let us know. Want to give us praise? Go right ahead. We'll return serve. How many comments do you reckon I got? Thousands. Yeah, no. Ah. <laughs> Damn it. Um, so, the first one comes from Arabella Zacchetto. Legend. Yep. Um, yeah. She says, She'd like to send some praise to League Freak for trying to Kirby's defamatory comments. We understand it's hard for him. Kudos also to me for trying to manage you as best as I can. Yeah, I'd like to say
1: that I don't know that I've ever attempted to manage you whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, you just stoke the flames sometimes.
0: Yeah, it's and like if that. anything, oh, you're probably
1: leading me a bit astray a little bit sometimes. Uh, yeah, I do that. I've always done that, Harry. <laughs> hey. I've been really good at that. It's like, you know, I talk to somebody and then down the line they sort of think. What the fuck have I done to myself? <laughs> you know, I, I came to this podcast and I was like
0: you know, a, a serious historian and having decent chat and now all of a sudden I'm fucking swearing every single episode and <laughs> <laughs> whinging about shit. <laughs> oh, man. But no, you've, you've done all your defamatory comments?
1: Yeah, I have. I, um... You were really yeah, restrained during the, uh, the live gig for the, uh, the Challenge Cup. Yeah, there was a couple of times there where I had to wind it back. There's been a few times, I reckon there's been five times where I have um, I've been ready to pull the trigger on some stuff and I've thought, no, do not say that because <laughs> there is no coming back. <laughs> yes. Now, uh,
0: Richard Cranium, good friend of ours, mm. he says um, he'd like to ask if you... League Freak, had a Porto for lunch. And what was more embarrassing and why? Great Britain losing to Parramatta in 1992 or England losing
1: to Italy in 2013? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I actually I didn't have a Porto for lunch. I had it for dinner. <laughs> Even better. I got there's this, there's this deal where you get, like, a piece of chicken and chips and you get a burger, but I get the burger upsized to a triple... I think I can't remember what burger's in it, but I get a triple Bondi burger with barbecue sauce chucked in there, and it cost eighteen bucks all up once you get that up to that level, and it was good, it was really good. So I had that. As for which is the most embarrassing, uh, man, I got to say, England went into that World Cup, they're full of confidence, they'd done their, you know, their high altitude altitude training. Which didn't amount to anything because they did it the wrong time, and they come back and they're like, "We're ready to go," and then they lost to Italy. It was friggin' hilarious. So I'd have to say that's a that's a more embarrassing loss, definitely. Right.
0: Well, he's got another two questions. The next one is, where does Ellery Hanley rate now? For me, I rate him as one of the best modern day players, and I talking modern days in anything since nineteen eighty when I was around.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you rate him? He's definitely one of the better pommy players that I've ever seen. Um, he's, I mean, the ones that have really been an issue for Australia that I've seen is him, offia and, um, and Bob Goulding, you know. They're, yeah. they're the ones that stand out for me, that when you played them, it, they just, they did what they wanted to do, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I rate him pretty highly, yeah. All right, his last one is. It's a movie one.
0: Is Bad Boy Bubby a rom com?
1: Now, is that what the one where it's all first person shooter?
0: I um, I have not seen Bad Boy Bubby for a long time, so I can't remember how it went.
1: But I remember it was a bit sick. Okay, if it's the one, I think it is. It's it's pretty full on. It's pretty gory. Um but i've only seen it once and i felt like it was a work of art just in the way that it was shot i couldn't tell you what the plot was um but it was if it's the movie i'm thinking of it was it was very cool to see so i would say i mean a rom-com i feel like at the end of it well, you... I, can, I
0: can give you the plot if you like just quickly
1: okay go on okay
0: Bubby is a 35-year-old man who has never set foot outside his mother's dingy apartment in the back of a printing press in an industrial area of Adelaide. Adelaide. In addition to beating and sexually abusing him, she confines him to the apartment, telling him that the air outside is poisonous and telling him that he will die if he tries to leave. He eventually escapes, joins up with a rock band and embarks on a confused but nihilistic journey of self-discovery and shocking mayhem.
1: Yeah, I, I've never seen that movie. I'm thinking of a completely different movie. <laughs> I was thinking of a a completely different movie where, yeah, it was all shot in like first-person shooter mode. Uh, so yeah, I've never seen that movie. I'd um, I'd say it's a rom-com. Okay, <laughs> that's fair enough. I I trust your judgment.
0: It's a um, it's a black comedy incestuous rom-com. Oh, Jesus. I don't, think, I don't think anyone's ever produced one like that before.
1: No, probably so not. <laughs> and it's, it seems like, judging by that, it's probably set in the right city. Absolutely it is.
0: You now, um, Andy, um, he asked, how further up the table would Manly be if Mitchell Pierce had a sign with the club instead of going to the Knights and Supercoach Trent Barrett had stuck around? Presumably after getting the chairs he so desperately needed To turn us into an NRL powerhouse again So I said with Barrett as coach They'd be around 12th and Yeah Richard Cranium said that high Or did they just join Super League <laughs> <laughs> I said Titans, Dogs, Dragons and Cowboys below them
1: Man can you imagine DCE playing alongside Pierce? That'd be weird It would be weird
0: It'd be horrible yeah. to watch two with Barrett as their coach.
1: Oh, yes. I mean, jeez. ah, <laughs> Such a bad coach. They'd be fighting over who gets to do the bomb on the last. Yeah. Until, <laughs> until like, you know, Pierce disappears for 60 minutes, goes MIA. <laughs> He's like, bloody, you'd have to send in Rambo to find him. <laughs> Rambo couldn't find him. Now, maybe I a just bad boy. turn up and like,
0: uh, look for him, you know? <laughs> so Mitchell Pearce will turn into bad boy Bubby trapped
1: inside someone's house. I don't know what that means, but I'm willing to run with it. I can't go outside. It's poisonous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. That was all the comments.
1: Excellent. Well, I, we get... I quite enjoyed them. Have we had any emails? This is almost becoming a uh... comedy no, no, we've had no, oh, we got one from Bartram 13, but it oh, was right. for one of our more live shows, so he gives us some really good ideas, so, mm. uh, yeah, we'll save, we're going to save those ones.
0: We'll have to do a live show soon, when should we do the next one?
1: Um, well, we got plans this weekend, so, I don't know, oh, we might be able to do something Sunday, we'll see, we'll see who's playing. Hmm. We might even do one just, we could just do a podcast
0: episode one day, just do it live as well. What do you reckon? Yeah, just a normal podcast.
1: Yeah, that'd be fun. That could be something interesting. Take a leaf out of the starting blocks book. Yeah. Just like, like do exactly what they do, but much lower quality. Yeah, absolutely. Because we don't have
0: (laughs) ads or songs or other people or or anything like that. Exactly. They're the um, best. Plus, they've got two people with charisma. Our podcast only has one. I'll you give know, you've,
1: up. you've been doing a lot of heavy lifting here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Actually, it was funny on the last starting block. They were um, they were talking about gl- glory holes and stuff, and uh, they got to the end of the show and they said, "Oh, you haven't really mentioned Fergun Freak that much." And Greeno was like, "If I know League Freak, he'd be." more than happy for us to be talking about glory holes instead. And I'm going to say, I agree with him completely. I thought Bingo. that the glory hole talk was absolutely riveting.
0: Yep, absolutely. I, I thought it was fascinating talk. Good chat. Mm. Good chat. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's a damn good chat to buddy end the episode on. Yeah. Bruno and the glory holes.
1: Yeah. I'm going. I'm going to go to sleep tonight thinking about that.
0: About Greedo or the glory holes or both. A little bit of both. I'll a little be bit honest. Of both. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to get Greedo a little bit queasy feeling, but in a probably
1: semi pleasant manner. Yeah, like <laughs> he'll be sickened, but kind of want to hear a little bit more. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll leave you to work on that one.
1: Oh, I'll, I'll be working on it. Don't you worry.
0: <laughs> That's what she said.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right now. Um, before we before we duck off, um, we'll has to say we've got some uh, bloody exciting um, guests coming up in the next week. Yeah. Um, so check those out, man. We've got some great, great stuff coming for you soon. So um, very exciting. That's why we had to get this this lot of nonsense out of the way first so we can be serious for the next few episodes.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, um,
0: yeah, stay tuned for that. And, um, yeah, go to YouTube, watch our stuff there, subscribe to us on there, um, like all the videos, that would be awesome. Um, just press play on them and let them run out. You don't have to watch them. Uh, yeah. Unless, unless you want to watch the, the other. Yeah. Unless you want to... Um, Listen to the like if you want to be like Nadine and listen to the whole four hour episodes. We've got two of them up there now. Uh, go for it. I think the last one we did a fair bit of TechO talk for about two minutes before we started the episode. That was yeah, glorious.
1: It was, it was fascinating, and if you if you get through to about the two hour and fifteen minute mark, you can hear me trying to set up a very special guest it's uh and i do it only for about 20 minutes or so it's fantastic <laughs> yeah. and uh, in the end i had to do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> we got some new equipment though today so uh we should be able to do some new stuff there's some new new things coming up so i'm very excited
0: oh yeah so uh yeah check us out and uh we'll see you later.